In less than a week, voters from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest electoral battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is 8th of November. And you will once again be voting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from socialism, from communism. We're fighting for our right to live. To succeed. And should we win the day? The 8th of November will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our election day. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event, the last main event before our important election coming up this Tuesday. Are you ready? Are you ready? I am. I hope. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm ready for Tuesday night, but uh, I'm look. It's looking really, really, really good as uh, Trump's uh, Trump's momentum is gathering. Um, we're gonna have some exciting things. We're gonna have some exciting things to talk about uh, this week. But before I get into get into it in full uh, in full speed, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, based here in the Inland Empire. Offices all over Southern California. If you're interested in getting involved with any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities in real estate. There's great prices. There's great properties out there. Interest rates are still great. If you want to buy, you want to refi, you want to get a reverse mortgage, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get with uh, get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, find me at wccloans.com. That's wccloans.com. And uh, click on apply now. And uh, put in my name as the loan officer and uh, tell me what kind of information you need and give me as much information as you want me to have. You'll hear back from me or one of my teammates. Uh, if you want to hear something repeated, you can uh, you can uh, go to edhoffman.net, click on list the main event, or you can uh, get the podcast on Podbeam or on iTunes or uh, just about anywhere else you can find a uh, and anywhere else that you could find a podcast these days and just search Ed Hoffman or the main event or the main event Ed Hoffman. Uh, if there's any, if uh, you want to connect with the show on social media, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long or like the show on Facebook, facebook.com, the main event Ed Hoffman. So uh, joining me in the studio for this 
last, our last attempt to do what we can to influence this election that is so, so important. Coming up to Tuesday is my partner, Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes. Scotty? Ed, great to be kicking in the house with you once again. We are, uh, we are, we have a big responsibility on us. Ed, this is it. This is it. The, not only the most important election in our lifetime, probably the last significant election, I think, in our lifetime. Um, the last significant... Yeah, and, and well, the reason I say that is if Hillary Clinton is elected, and that's one of the things that a lot of these never-Trumpers have been spewing forth, well, we can survive four years with Hillary Clinton, and then we'll see some kind of resurgence of the Republican Party and conservatism, but what they fail to realize, or they just don't understand, is that, once again, if Hillary's in there, she gets those Supreme Court justices, or a pathway to citizenship for the... I don't know, 10, it's probably more like 30 million illegal immigrants in this country. Undocumented Democrats. Oh, exactly. That means we will be a permanent minority voting block for the rest of time. There will be, that will be the end of what we know as American values. Correct. And, uh, and I say that, I say that in American values and, um, thinking about, thinking about some conversations I've had with, um, some Democrat members of my company you know they're not obviously uh they snuck in under the why under the radar otherwise i just don't know that they would have gotten the positions they got well the point is republicans don't discriminate based on uh political preferences whereas democrats do that is correct but uh but based on that you know i think about i think about what people are concerned about and what people that are thinking about supporting hillary and they and they talk about what kind of man talks like, like Donald Trump got caught on it on a hot mic, uh, talking like, oh, well, I'll tell you what kind of man every man when he knows there's no women around and when guys start talking guy talk, when they're in the locker rooms when they're drinking with their buddies, you know, and there's no women around, uh, guys talk like that, okay, uh, at some point in their lives, you know, we we grow out of it at some point and some people don't, but you know what. This our country is too important to base anything on that. Um, I think about I think about the uh, some of the things that Hillary says that she wants to help people from the middle class and and not help people at the at the only people at the top are going to benefit when you cut taxes. And the government can't create jobs; they can't just infuse jobs into into the middle class. The only thing the government can do is get out of the way. And and if people are there saying, hey, you know what? I just want my handout. Clinton's going to give me some more handouts like Obama did. You know what? We have to think of this like we, like we think about our kids as responsible parents. My wife, Don, always says, our job is not to be friends with our kids. Our job is to, to teach them how to be responsible adults that don't need us to take care of them. And they can take care of themselves. And when we're gone they can carry on and pass that on. And I think about some of the people that are, have been enjoying uh, unemployment checks and disability checks and, and stuff. And I'm not talking about people that are legitimately disabled, but I'm talking about the people that are, that are gaming the system. The people that are the people that we see going into the grocery store with the long uh, fingernails and all the gold on their fingers and pulling out their EBT card and then rolling out that that uh, basket full of uh, basket full of groceries and putting it in a brand new Escalade with spinners and uh, and it's just they're gaming the system. 
they don't even know how much better they would feel to have a job. Hey, you know what? And that's what Trump wants to do. Hey, we're going to create jobs. And one of my employees that supports Hillary Clinton says, I'm a liberal. You know what? Donald Trump has never even run anything. And I looked at it and go, what? He's run a whole bunch of it. Yeah, that he ran into the ground. You know what? There's a big difference between, between thinking about your money when you run a business and taking risk with your money than it is to just spend our money. And people that have never, people that have never run a business, people that have never signed the check uh, to to cover losses, to cover employees when you're not making a profit, to to make an investment when you don't know for sure it's going to work out, you take a chance. They don't know that. Am I wrong, Scotty? Well, what you're saying is that this election is very much about two political systems, capitalism and socialism. Are we going to go the way Europe is going, uh, which means higher taxes, higher unemployment, less freedom as your government controls an increasing amount of every aspect of your life? Or are we going to be able to flip a 180 on everything Obama has done over the last eight years and maybe get some semblance of a capitalist society, which is where, which is what made us great in the first place? Exactly. This is not a coincidence. The United States is where we are right now, the number one economic powerhouse, the number one military powerhouse. It's because we have a system that allows people the freedom to achieve upward mobility, uh, everything that this country is about. And right now it's on the edge. Everything that thousands and thousands of people have fought and died for are on the edge right now. It's all on the line. It's all on the line. And, and we just talked about this before we went down the air. I have no predictions as to how this thing's going to go. It's obviously very close as we're coming on the air. Apparently, Michigan is now a toss-up state. Uh, the momentum's definitely moving in Trump's direction. Uh, but I do want to say at the end of the day, however this turns out, at least I can say, however this turns out, I did not sit on my butt and do nothing. Uh, I've made a contribution to Trump's campaign, as did you. As did I. I've been to multiple Trump rallies. I was interviewed on Channel 7. I was the only one at the rally, by the way, that gave my real name. Uh, I got a Trump yard sign out. I'm the only person that I've seen have a Trump bumper sticker on a company car. Um, and it's kind of funny because there was a lady around the corner who I know is voting for Trump. And I said, hey, are you interested in a Trump sign? And she said, well, I don't know. There's a lot of people driving by you know people will see it and i'm like that's why. yeah that's the point lady that's the point um if there's been so many people that are afraid to show their political opinions that's one of the most dismaying things i think because they're afraid to be called a racist or, or whatever but you know look uh, i think when, when i lost my do i really care what people think about my political opinions was when i went to normandy in france and i saw the memorial that's there at normandy and i saw thousands of tombstones to those people that liberated the world effectively and i saw their ages they're all like 19 20 21 years old these people fought and died for everything we have right now and we're afraid to put on a bumper sticker or a yard sign let alone have a conversation with with people who maybe are on the fence or maybe even disagree with us. Exactly. And uh, I've been to Arlington Cemetery, which is miles and miles and miles and miles of those tombstones. Yep. And it's and it's just a very uh, emotional, patriotic experience to walk through there. And uh, and if you've been to 9-11, if you've been to the 9-11 Memorial, if you've been to the 9-11 Museum, I think what the, the biggest thing that hit me was when Don and I went in 2002, one year after the uh, one that right after the one year anniversary, and it was still a pit. the The Freedom Tower and the World Trade Center hadn't been rebuilt; it just been cleaned up, and there were still shirts and pictures and stuff on the on around the church across the street. Um, 
you know, missing pictures that still had phone numbers on it. Missing uh, brother and sister. He worked in the 82nd floor of the North Tower. She worked in the 69th floor of the South Tower. It haven't been seen since 9-11-2001. And please, send, if you know, if you have any information, please call and, uh, you know, and, and uh, tributes. Here, uh, from your New York, we love you and we pray for you from your sister city, Tokyo, Japan, and and all these people from all over the country, all over the all over the world that saw what happened, and now it's like we have to preserve that because in the last eight years we haven't we haven't really paid attention to it, and the up and coming, you know, we got millennials that will be voting for the first time. Um, in this election that were three when the nine 11 hit and they just don't understand that. We don't talk about those values. We talk about, we talk about uh social rights for LGBT and, and equal, you know, gay marriage and, and the stuff that the stuff that isn't important in the scheme of our country, you know, it's their individual rights, but you know what? You don't have to impose on everybody else. It's just, you know what? Work hard, succeed, take care of yourself, pursue happiness. You don't have to have the government give you happiness because the government can't give you happiness. Their their job is to protect us and to stay out of the way. Enforce the laws, not make the laws. As you can as you can tell, this is real emotional thing that's going on. Yep. And we got a lot to talk about and we should probably You know, even Louis Farrakhan preached preached and I hate to, and I hate to I certainly hate to quote this guy. But hey, let's play that little piece. How many of you voting for Hillary? I do not blame you for wanting a female president. But that's a wicked woman. I never I never thought I would actually agree with Louis Farrakhan. Most of the time I don't even understand what he's saying, but that was pretty damn funny. I know it was. <laughs> that's a wicked woman. There you go. Yeah, she is a wicked woman. She is a wicked woman. She can't be president. Amen, Reverend if you Farrakhan. Have, if you haven't seen Hillary's America, if you haven't seen Clinton Cash, if you haven't seen what else what else can they what else can they watch? You know what? Spend some time this weekend and if you're if you're not sure Take an hour and, and go get the DVD and, and watch uh, Hillary's America. Or go online on YouTube and watch Clinton Cash. Research this. Hillary cannot be president. I can't believe that people are saying that California can't be can't go for Trump. I'm I'm waiting. I'm hoping for a miracle. I'm looking for a landslide on Tuesday. But let's let's talk about what's going on this week. So by now, by now, by now, if you pay attention, you're probably aware that the FBI reopened the investigation into Hillary's private email server that was announced last Friday after FBI Director James Comey sent a letter to Congress that read, In connection with an unrelated case, the FBI, FBI has learned of the existence of emails that appear to be pertinent to the investigation. I am writing to inform you that the investigative team briefed me on this yesterday, and I agree. And I agreed that the FBI should take appropriate investigative steps designed to allow investigators to review these emails to determine whether the they contain classified information, as well as to assess the importance of importance to our investigation. So, what is this unrelated case? Comey mentioned it is none other than for, former Congressman Anthony Weiner Weiner's sexting debacle. There is an open FBI investigation because one of Weiner's Weiner's uh, sexting, uh, sexting partners was 15-year-old girl in North Carolina. Remember, Weiner 
Wiener is uh, married to Huma Abedin, Hillary's top aide, although a couple the uh, although the couple has supposedly separated, as if that makes her innocent. Okay, when the announcement was made, Comey said it was unknown whether the material in the emails was significant. One week later, we still don't know what's in them. Hillary's running mate Tim Kaine and campaign manager Robbie Mook questioned uh, Comey's timing on this release and demanded to know what's in the emails, as if some as if somehow it would help her. We're asking the FBI director, okay, you violated these two protocols. If you put out kind of a, a, a letter and then had to do a second letter to kind of backtrack, you owe the public full information. That kind of an ambiguity bomb this close to election was a terrible lapse in judgment. So we find it very strange that 10 days out uh, that, that he's, he's putting this letter out there. Of course, it was a lapse in judgment, but what could he do? They pushed him to not indict her in July. And, of course, Hillary herself complained about it and accused Comey of releasing this to hurt her election. Now, I'm sure that some of you may have heard about a letter that the FBI director uh, sent out yesterday. Well, if you're like me, you probably have a few questions about it. It is pretty strange. It's pretty strange to put something like that out with such little information right before an election. In fact, in fact, it's not just strange, it's unprecedented and it is deeply troubling. Yeah, deeply troubling. I would think she'd be deeply troubled, wouldn't you? Just a little bit. She doesn't sound troubled. That damn Huma, uh, that damn Huma accidentally uh, uploaded her uh, emails from her BlackBerry thinking she was just... uh, uh, backing it up or charging the thing, uh, charging the battery, plugging it into the computer, and it backed up all the all the emails there every time she did it. So unknowingly, she uh, saved all the all the uh, emails that they thought they had already erased. So it's pretty funny that Hillary thinks Comey did this to affect the election, uh, because who doesn't think that? Barack Hussein Obama. Here's Josh Ernest on Obama's viewpoint. The president believes that Director Comey is a man of integrity. He's a man of principle, and he's a man of good character. The president doesn't believe that Director Comey is intentionally trying to influence the outcome of an election. The president doesn't believe that he's secretly strategizing to benefit one candidate or one political party. He's in a tough spot, and he's the one who will be in a position to uh, defend his actions in the face of significant criticism. Yeah, I think uh, I saw a quote from uh, James Comey saying that he felt he didn't do it to affect the election. He felt he had to because of the election to let get this information out Um, like like Obama. And, you know, and the other thing is, hey, Obama's not going after James Comey because I don't think Obama really likes Hillary. No, but he still wants her to be elected. So, you know, Obama probably doesn't even know how this thing's going to play out at this point. Obviously, we none of us know. He just wants his his legacy preserved. Yes. Then you go out and give me a send-off. So like Obama, Rudy Giuliani believes Comey's timing has nothing to do with the election. As someone who speaks to FBI agents all the time, Rudy believes Comey did this because his agents were angry that he chose not to press charges against Hillary in, in July. Every reasonable prosecutor would have prosecuted that case in a second. I, I want convictions on half the evidence that the FBI had gotten in July. And he has an FBI, Jim has an FBI, that's in revolt right now. 
And I think that's one of the reasons why he came out and did what he did, to try to control his agents, who after all are true law enforcement people. Mm -hmm. And what they see is about the slimiest stuff that we've seen in Washington since probably Teapot Dome. This is worse than Watergate. This is worse than who flung mud. Who flung mud? Who flung poo? <laughs> exactly. We, n- none of us understood what that reference was. Fortunately, uh, Brooke, who does our uh, our background work, that's something going back to the 1920s. So Rudy needs to come up with some more current. Rudy's older than I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's a law guy, so he was the, uh, the, the he was the uh, the he was what, a prosecutor. What, for... what was he? He was the he's he was the attorney attorney general. For, no, not the attorney general. He for, was the. Right. Uh, what did they call him? <laughs> he was the state attorney. He was the, he was the, I don't know. He's the next under the attorney general. Okay. The so, assistant attorney general. I don't know. He was something. All right. He was something, but he was a badass. And uh, um, if you read his book, you know, he, he, uh, he cleaned up New York when he was the mayor. He was the, uh, he, uh, he put the Gotti family away. He was, uh, he was a badass. Don't mess with him. But you know what? I also saw a thing, you know, he referenced that he's got a, uh, a uh, FBI um, uh, crew in revolt. I read a thing on Newsmax saying that there's over a hundred FBI agents that said if this didn't come out by uh, election day, they would all quit. Right. You know, and I've heard that as well. I have people that are in law enforcement that know people in the FBI, and I've heard this as well. I think my initial reaction to this was not probably what you would expect. I was actually upset about it for a couple of reasons. Number one, that, okay, you're starting an investigation, you're reopening it, whatever you're doing now, we're not going to get the conclusion of that investigation in a week. Um, the second thing I thought was, okay, is this the FBI's last ditch attempt to make itself look like it's nonpartisan? So again, what's it going to come out of it? I don't know, but it was obvious that what they found was so bad. It was even worse than the last thing, Ed, that they found 650,000 emails and, and you wonder what's in them. Well, I suspect probably 30 some odd thousand are all those emails that Hillary Clinton thought she deleted. Yeah. And I think uh, I saw something this morning that, that they did determine that, yeah, some of these we're not in these aren't duplicates of what they already got right so in other words even though you can destroy your own server the point of an email is it goes to other people and they're not destroyed on their servers right i mean they're not destroyed in other people's inboxes so there's just so much stuff here that yeah the fbi is looking at this going okay there's no way that we're, we're coming out with this whether comey does or not and that's what's happening i think uh hillary's just got to be saying i'm destroyed again by a wiener <laughs> Oh, that was good. Well, you know, you got to think it, and it is kind of ironic to think that this election we may owe the result of this election to Anthony Weiner. Hard, to, hard to believe. <laughs> I mean, what come a, on. What a, what a quali- you couldn't write that, Ed. What a quality, what a quality uh, pillar of strength in the community he is. No kidding. And, and I, obviously, I come from a cycling background, but I know now that there's something worse than waking up in the morning and realizing you're Lance Armstrong, and that's waking up in the morning and realizing you're Anthony Weiner. That cannot be a lot of fun to be that guy right now, Ed. Uh-uh. I mean, really think about it. Where does he go? Who's who's yeah, going to hire him? I mean, yeah, yeah. What's he, what's he going to do with his life? Right. Well, his his wife probably he probably can get uh, um, alimony from his wife because she made so much money. I'm sure she because she was on the State Department payroll, right. And the uh, and the Hillary Clinton the Clinton Foundation payroll and Tomeo Tomeo Holdings, right? Uh, which was the uh, the consulting company that they created so they could uh, filter money through the foundation to. Uh, their friends and their family. Right. Well, here's something, too, that their people are still aren't talking about Uma Abedin, forgetting all this corruption stuff. I mean, Uma Abedin's parents are members of the Muslim Brotherhood, which is a terrorist organization. How did this lady even get a security clearance? 
I don't know. And she's got some of our mo- highly most top secret information on her on her computer. You can bet that everything Hillary's getting, Uma gets copied on because that's this is Hillary Clinton's right hand person. Uma Abedin seeing all this top secret stuff along with her goofball pedophile husband. So uh, it, it just you you can't write this stuff, Ed. Exactly. And uh, from what I understand, she was born in the United States. And at two years old, her parents took her to Saudi Arabia, where she lived until she was 18, and came back. And as soon as she came back, she became an intern for Hillary Clinton. Uh, how old is Uma, Uma Abedin? Let's, let's research that. How long has she been working for, for uh, Hillary Clinton? She's been with Clinton for a long time. We're going to check that at the break. And we're going to be right back after five, uh, five minutes of commercials and weather and traffic. Don't go away. There's a lot more coming, because we wasted a lot of time in the first half. <laughs> we'll be right back with you on part two of the main event. And welcome back to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local mo- mo- direct mortgage lender. If you hear something that makes sense on this show, you don't hear much about real estate and, and financing, but that's what I do. And uh, I just don't think it's that interesting to talk about on the radio. So if you hear something that sounds like, hey, I agree with this guy, and when you need uh, real estate financing, you want to talk to somebody who uh, actually thinks like you do, that actually has some morals and some character, um, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. So I'm in here with uh, Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes, and we're talking about what's coming up Tuesday. We've been talking about uh, what's been happening this week. We were talking about Huma. Huma. Huma Wiener. Yep. Huma Abedin Wiener. Apparently, she's 40 years old now. She's been, apparently, she uh, came back from Saudi Arabia at 18 and started working in the White House at, in 1996. So, two years later for uh, for uh, Hillary the Creature Clinton. And uh, so, otherwise known as the Keebler Elf from Hell. Exactly. And, you know, what was, what was her, you know, we were talking about this when she's in the White House in 1996. What was her relationship with Bill Clinton? Chief of Staff. Ed, I report you decide. Exactly. So she could have been chief of staff. Who knows? Who knows? Where was where was Anthony Weiner at the time? Who knows? Well, you know, you know the Clintons actually hooked those two together. Boy, that was a mistake, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that came that came back to bite him in the butt. Yeah, it did. Okay, so uh, so she's been there all this time, and uh, so and she started as an intern, which means you to get no pay, I guess. So uh, that's where she's been. That's where she's been. And uh, we talked about all that other stuff. So this isn't just another day in Hillary's ongoing email scandal and isn't nothing to see here. Development like the Democrats have would have you believe. This is actually a matter of national security. The fact that Hillary's State Department emails were found on Anthony Weiner's device while he sexted with private citizens shows that her top aide, Huma Abedin Weiner, was uh, just as careless with the classified material as she was. But thanks to their sloppiness, people have one more reason to vote for Trump. In fact, he thanked them this week. He is the one who broke the law over and over and over again. We can be sure that what is in those emails is absolutely devastating. And I think we're going to find out, by the way. Thank you, Uma. Thank you, Uma. Good job, Uma. Thank you, Anthony Weiner. Thank you, Weiner. <laughs> You want to say thank you to the Wiener? Thank you, Wiener. I just I think we should have a national holiday if Trump is elected Wiener Day, and then we all eat hot dogs. There's all the Republicans get to eat hot dogs. We have barbecues, and wouldn't that be cool? We should all we should all uh, 
<laughs> All right. Can't say it on the air. Okay. All right. So now let's talk about why Obama might be showing the FBI so much support. Maybe it's because he's at stake in this game, too. As it turns out, some of the 650,000 recovered emails from Anthony Weiner's laptop were emails between Hillary and the president himself. Here's Fox Catherine Herridge on what the FBI has known for months about Hillary and Obama emailing each other with fake names on her private server. In her April FBI interview, Clinton aide Huma Abedin told agents that she notified the White House when Clinton changed her email address so the president's high-security BlackBerry would not block the emails. The president used an alias for these communications. Regardless, Obama has continually downplayed the threat these reckless emails, email practices might have on our national security. Let's start with what he said this week and followed by what he said uh, last year when the email story broke. People say crazy stuff about her, and when she makes a mistake, an honest mistake, it ends up being blown up as if it's just some crazy thing. But this is not the first time Mr. Obama has seemed to put his thumb on the scale. In a 2015 interview with 60 Minutes, the president downplayed the discovery of classified emails on Clinton's unsecured personal server she used as Secretary of State. I can tell you that this is not a situation in which America's national security was endangered. Yeah, we don't really care about national security. It's not really that important. Yeah, and also, of course, the FBI is now saying there is a 99.9% chance, chance that the emails were hacked by at least five foreign governments. You know, think about this. We, it's not really that important about our national security. So we put a rookie who doesn't really know the details of the job as Secretary of State, and we let her bring in her rookies that, you know, from the Muslim Brotherhood or Sisterhood or, or the Wienerland, um, sexting... Uh, sexting uh, couple whatever they do or whatever he does or however and uh let's put you know i don't really think you're dying is that important so you need open heart surgery we're just we're gonna put a student in there they gotta learn somewhere exactly i don't really hey it's an honest mistake you're dead sorry uh i think it's i think it's disgusting but there's more but wait there's more ed but there's more sounds like a uh (laughs) like a infomercial so even more was discovered about Hillary Clinton's corruption last week. This week, last week, WikiLeaks revealed that Assistant Attorney General Peter Kadzik emailed Clinton ca- Clinton campaign chair John Podesta. Now you got John Podesta as the campaign chair, and then Robbie Mook as the campaign manager. Not really sure what does what, but they're both part of her campaign. So uh, they this Peter Kadzik emailed Clinton campaign chair John Podesta last year to tip him off about Congress's interest in her emails. Remember, it seems like we've been hearing about the emails forever, but this started. This is what started the entire scandal. Here are the details. May 19, 2015, a message from Kadzik's Gmail account was titled, Heads Up. It said, there's an oversight hearing today where the head of our civil division will, de- will testify likely to get questions on the State Department emails. The warning came two weeks after Kadzik's son had written to Podesta asking for a job on Clinton's presidential campaign. And by the way, Podesta once told Barack Obama, Kadzik, was the lawyer who kept me out of jail when he cheated on his taxes in 1990s. Hmm. He cheated on his taxes that bad that he was worried about going to jail? Okay, well, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Podesta told Barack Obama Kadzik was the lawyer who kept him out of jail. Well, that's good. Podesta forwarded Kadzik's email warning onto the rest of Hillary's campaign and titled his message, Additional Chances for Mischief. If this sounds complicated, it really isn't. 
Donald Trump explained it perfectly on Wednesday. One of the top Department of Justice officials involved in the email investigation, Assistant Attorney General Peter Kazik, is a close associate of John Podesta. The two met for dinner after Clinton testified about Benghazi. Now today, in a newly released email, through WikiLeaks again, we learned that Kazik was feeding information about the investigation into the Clinton campaign and that quite right? And that Kazik said, quote, it will be a while before the State Department posts the emails. Remember, they were waiting for the emails. <coughs> Podesta forwarded the emails to Clinton's top staff and said, additional chances for mischief. These are the people that want to run our country, folks. This is a powerful couple, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Uh, the level of corruption within the government, as being showed by these email leaks, is staggering. Um, what's even equally staggering, too, is the lack of reporting that's going on amongst the media, which even shows how colluded they are in this whole thing. Um, just for, for kicks, I uh, switched over to uh, MSNBS, as I call it. And, of course, there's Rachel Maddow, uh, who's, by the way, probably one of the most annoying people, I think, on television. And they actually paired her with Lion Brian Williams. You know, you remember Lion Brian Williams? Lion Brian. I do from yeah, that, uh, NBC. Right. Now that's the guy who actually made up all these, all his own news stories about it. You know, he's being shot at and being you shot know, at and there I was, you know, I saved a thousand people. Um, who, who actually made the decision, to put those two people together. I have no idea. I mean, talk about an odd couple, uh, but you can see what, what, when they are reporting and they're talking about the FBI investigation, it's kind of like trying to laugh it off or, or just kind of ignore it. And, and it's funny because some of the hosts, some of the guests, that are on their show or basically saying, gosh, I can't wait to get back to uh, another Trump scandal because they're very uncomfortable about talking about this. Um, but, you know, it, again, it shows the collusion between the government and the Clintons, the media and the Clintons. I mean, the fact of the matter is if Donald Trump gets elected, it'll be nothing short of a miracle because we have all these forces working against him, including knuckleheads within our own party. Exactly, and you. I mean, I saw. I saw a. Uh, I saw an article this morning, that said uh, that the Clinton Foundation had made payments to Glenn Beck and Bill Crystal. Glenn Beck being uh, the Blaze, formerly on Fox News, formerly on CNN, who uh, who I personally like him most of the time, but lately he's got on this Never Trump thing, and. Uh, He's just turned into be a whack job. Yeah, and, and all I would say is to all of the never Trumpers, uh, including other hosts on this station, by the way, thanks for absolutely nothing. I think your actions are irresponsible. You obviously uh, don't see the big picture of what's happening, and whatever happens is partly on your head. Yep, and uh, but you know the fact that uh, and then Bill Crystal, Bill Crystal was the editor of the uh, Weekly Standard. Yes, which I subscribe to for. I don't know. Six weeks. That's a lot of reading to do. They, it's a little magazine, about 15, 20 pages, and it's in little tiny print. And it comes out once a week. Who has time to who has time to write like that? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 tough. But, you know, and coming back to MSNBS, there's a reason there's a reason why those networks have no ratings, by the way. It's because they suck. They do suck. Yes, it's it's just, you know, they, they just gloss over stupid stuff. They gloss over important stuff and say, ah, it's, I can't believe they're still it's talking nothing. about emails. It's, it's nothing. nothing. And do you want, 
I wouldn't want someone like that working in my company. You know, if someone who's who's that connected with so many people and has done so many corrupt things, I'd be worried about how they're trying to figure out how to take loans out the back of my company and sell them, sell them themselves or something. I don't know. I there's just the Clintons are so connected to so many people. You can't even have an FBI investigation without stuff leaking out to them. That's bad. Yep. Meanwhile, you might be wondering what happened to the FBI's investigation into Clinton Foundation's pay for play crimes. Good news, they're still working on it. Report says it's a very high priority for even uh, for the FBI, even though the Justice Department is fighting fighting them on it. Here's Fox's Catherine Herridge again. That the FBI's investigation of the Clinton Foundation is not dead. FBI agents are working quietly on this case out of four offices across the country, including Southern California, Arkansas, Washington, D.C., and New York City, with multiple sources telling Fox News that the Justice Department has been tapping the brakes on this case, in some instances, blocking access to a grand jury. Yeah, Senator James Lankford sits on the committee that worked with the FBI. He explains how the Justice Department is stonewalling the FBI field offices to protect Hillary Clinton. Here he is. There's four different field offices all have independent investigations. They're all trying to communicate back with the Department of Justice, finding four different field offices, different parts of the country that all have information uh, separately. And then there's also another investigation uh, that in the course of that investigation starts bringing up issues of government corruption, uh, dealing with the Clinton Foundation as well. And so all of these are trying to be pieced together. It looks like Washington, D.C. and Justice Department have kept trying to tell the field office there's nothing to see here, move on. And all the field offices say if this was anyone else, we would have already opened an open investigation here and wouldn't be active. So let me get this straight, Ed. We have four offices working on the second Clinton FBI federal, she's broken law investigation. So now we have two criminal investigations of Hillary Clinton going on simultaneously. They've dedicated four offices to investigation number two. Um, all these resources, all these people are spending millions of dollars to investigate the Clintons, and it's not because there's nothing there. What the hell is going to happen if this lady's actually elected? Those investigations are not going away, Ed. Nope. And, uh, and you know what, uh, who was talking to, was Megyn Kelly talking to Jason Chaffetz uh, last night, uh, talking about, he says, well, I've got two years worth of material to keep her tied up in court. She goes, oh, you're going you're gonna to keep her tied up? He goes, hey, you know what? Whether she's elected or she's not elected, justice has to go on. I have to do my job. And our job is to, if there's a crime that has been committed, we have to investigate and get the information. You know what? I'm, I don't think she can pardon herself, can she? I think she can, actually. But can you imagine the repercussions of that? If she pardons herself, we may be looking at like, I mean, what a mess that would put the country into. We're looking at, at I don't know, civil war at that point, Ed. I hate to ponder it, but that would be huge if she's actually got, you know, if she pardons herself from all these criminal wrongdoings. Yeah, because then... That's a wicked woman. Yep. <laughs> be like, uh, be like... Uh... She's a dictator. If she has that much power, if she has that much power to pardon herself, who do you want? Who do you want to run this country, folks? You should be asking your friends and your coworkers that you know are going to go vote for Hillary. You you should be asking, them, you know, how how do you how do you justify this in your head? Right, and I'll get the Democrat. Well, you know, she's a nicer person than she talks so nice when she's up there, and she she tells us she cares about us. And Trump just, just is, 
he dresses so I heard one person one person who who I know who I actually have respect for as an intelligent person says he dresses so like a slob Trump dresses like Trump a slob Trump dresses like a slob well obviously really? she hasn't seen me apparently for me <laughs> she used to work for me too oh alright so thinking what what does she think of how I dress <laughs> I, I gotta give hand to the to the Democrats though they they will line up behind whatever plate of dog excrement is in front of them uh, in this case they've nominated a felon uh, unlike the Republicans that seem to constantly bicker amongst themselves about this detail and that detail uh, and that's good and bad I mean we actually obviously put some thought into our candidate and we debate the issues and we debate the candidates but for us to continue doing this to this point and still with people that are saying never Trump it's it's ridiculous um, but you know, Hey, look, we're obviously more thoughtful. We have integrity, but it could also cost us an election as well. Yep. But you know what? Uh, I had, uh, I had a little debate with one of my employees, mm. one of my, I'm, I'm fully engaging with Democrat employees. Nice. And, uh, and they don't want to get fired. I don't want to have this <laughs> conversation with you. Ed. Sorry. Sorry. You won't get fired, but I just can't sit back and let someone be stupid and not say anything about it. I have to straighten your out your thinking. So, uh, I don't remember where that was going. But. <laughs> well, look, the, the point is we want to make the case for Trump. And, and the, the one thing about Trump as a candidate, he's brought a lot of new voters into this, this election. There's no doubt about it. He swung a lot of Democrats over to this side of the, of the aisle as well. And it's mainly for, for issues like immigration. When I, when I think about what are the top three issues for me, it's, it's economy and the jobs, it's national security, and it's immigration. And actually, if you look at those issues, it's all one big fat issue. In other words, the economy is, is directly related to our national security. 9-11, uh, terrorism's cost us millions and billions of dollars to protect ourselves. Immigration has cost us billions of dollars to incarcerate people, to educate people, uh, to pay for their health care, by the way, another brewing issue that might swing this election one way or the other. So, you know, these are winning issues for us. Uh, the pro-life issue is a winning issue for us. You know, if you're out there and you're a Catholic or an evangelical Christian and you're voting for Hillary Clinton, you are a fraud. And I will say one thing, that third debate, which I didn't get to comment on, that third debate put the life issue right front and center of everybody. And you could see very, very clearly how each party stood on that issue. Um, and, you know, I, I, again, there's so much at stake. It's all on the line, Ed. Yep. And I, uh, I getting back to my employee, yes. what she said, she said, you know what? You know what? The college I was for, I, Hillary wasn't my first choice. I said, you were for Bernie, free college. She goes, I think people should have free college. Hey, let me just tell you my opinion on college and how important that college thing is. It's not. You don't need to go to college to and get a degree to make money in this country. You can get an education. You don't need to go to college. Everything that's, a, everything that's out there, everything, every piece of knowledge is on the internet. I mean, if you're not going to be a surgeon or a engineer or something to that effect, you can make money in every industry without a degree. And when we stop giving away free money and pushing, taking tax dollars and paying the universities, maybe the cost of college for the people that need to go to college will come down because they'll say, man, people are starting to figure out we're a fraud. They get guaranteed student loans. They're guaranteed by the federal government. And uh, they don't, and as long as they, we don't, give them an education that gives them a job if they don't have a job they just keep deferring it they keep deferring it they have to pay it back guess what folks that money doesn't come from you know what that's the universities squeezing the sponge of our tax money and squeezing it into their pocket teaching people useless stuff that doesn't get them jobs doing anything 
And uh, no, but it does turn them into socialists, apparently. Exactly. So that's not important. What Scott said: the economy and our national security and immigration are the important stuff, and we need to keep we need to keep the the borders closed, and we need to uh, no build that wall. Oh, that what does that say? That's such a bad thing. This is America. It's a land of the free. Sorry, you know what? Yeah, we can let anybody in we want, but why should we let anybody in? Let everybody in that wants to come here. It's a nation. It's not a charity. Exactly. So. Now the now the our last chance in the in the poll after poll this week, Trump and Clinton are neck and neck. Here are some of the stats from Real Clear Politics, which creates average average based on the major polls across the country, and they they average them over five days. So in North Carolina, as of Friday, they're tied at forty six point four. Trump and Clinton are separated by two points or less in Colorado, Florida, Iowa, North Carolina, New Hampshire, and Nevada. Um, the uh, like uh, Scott said earlier, Iowa. Iowa? No, it was Michigan. Mich- Michigan is Michigan. now in play. Michigan, which is a strong as blue of state. Now. As of now, it's it's in play. 27 states where Trump leads are worth 250 uh, electoral votes. 22 states where Clinton leads are worth 273 electoral votes. Um, so something needs to change, and we can't waste a single vote, which means you can't stay home on Tuesday. Nope. Alan Lickman, who's a professor at the American University of Washington, D.C., who has predicted every election since 1984, predicts a Trump win based on a complex formula that he came up with. Obviously, the momentum seems to be on Trump's side. You look at the size of the rallies, wherever Trump's going, they are huge. Tim Kaine had a rally within the past week. There was like 30 people there, Ed. Uh, something else funny that, that an employee showed me, there was a picture of a Hillary rally and it looked like there was, there's actually two pictures. One was her in a rally. It looks like there's a couple hundred people in the auditorium. And then there's another picture. It's like the same picture, but the house is packed. You can see clearly that somebody photoshopped a crowd into the Hillary rally. And the reason you can tell is because you can see the same person like a couple dozen times. It's absolutely hilarious. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know what, uh, some of the things that Hillary's saying when it comes to the economy, you know, we have to. We're not gonna. We're gonna put our, uh, our efforts into into manufacturing jobs and uh, and research and infrastructure and education. That's where we're gonna put our emphasis in. And renewable energy. This is all the same same crap that Obama said eight years ago and four years ago. It's the same stuff. The same jobs that aren't ready. The same education that doesn't produce jobs. And the same research that you know what. The private sector will do that. We don't have to waste our our uh, tax dollars on it. You know what? You know what the exciting thing about capitalism? It if, works. If there's money in <laughs> if there's money in it, people will research it and turn and make this thing happen. We stop putting money into the space center, and guess what? Elon Musk is making rockets, and we stop putting money into. You know what? We don't need to develop a a, a battery operated car. Elon Musk is doing it, and and you know, let him make his money on his Teslas as he develops it. The point is, it's the government's job just to get out of the way. Just fix potholes, kill terrorists. We'll take care of the rest. Thank you very much. Exactly. Yep. So uh, we have a, and we need all the smart people to turn on election day because, you know, as uh, as Obamacare is getting ready, most of you are seeing your open enrollment times uh, this month and next month uh, for your uh, for your new health insurance, and ours are going up pretty significant, although they doubled last year. But uh, um, now. Here's some of the here's some of the people. Here's a uh, what's the guy's name on late night? Uh, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, not Jimmy Fallon. The other guy, Kimmel. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. 
Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel has his uh, reporters out in front of their their studio. They go out there and talk to people about stuff. And here's uh, here's people that are of uh, voting age. Their uh, thoughts on uh, health health premiums. Good news today about Obamacare. Premiums will be increasing by 25%. That's double digits. Are you psyched? Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Did you think Obama could pull it off? I think Obama does a pretty good job. I believe in him. Thanks to President Obama, premiums will increase by double digits. Isn't that great? Yes. Yeah, Obama promised to raise the premiums, and he did it. Do you want to thank him, or? Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Obama. Thank you, Obama. For raising our premiums. For raising our premiums and Obamacare. Do you feel like you finally have the high premiums that you deserve? Yeah, definitely. Or at least my parents do. Yeah. What are they going to do with all of that extra premium money that they're paying? I don't know. Buy stuff? I guess buy stuff with the money they're spending. Hey, before we before we go before we run out of time, which is like a minute from now, um, the election's coming up uh, this week. There's a bunch of propositions. They're boring. There's nothing exciting about them. Um, I'm voting no on the marijuana thing, although I'm sure it's going to pass. I just think it's just just uh, values. I'm voting no for the nineteenth time since uh, they try to legalize. It's like on marijuana. every time. It's on every time. Yeah. Um, I'm voting a yes on the cigarette tax because I don't think I like people that smoke cigarettes anyway. So if it gets too expensive, I won't have to ask them to have some uh, have some uh, uh, manners and uh, adult film thing. Who got that thing on the on the ballot? No, um, Marino Valley Mayor. I'm voting for George Price. He's a great guy. And uh, for Congress in uh, 41st District, Doug Shepard. We need to get rid of that idiot, Mark Takano. All right. Last last thoughts. Godspeed, Donald Trump. Get out there and vote on Tuesday, guys. Say a prayer for our country. We need it. Thanks for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.